<laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Grip Lock Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Zach, and this is Hunter. And I apologize. I didn't even see him press the button. Um, we've got a new setup down here. Um, we promise we're going to do something about this white background. But everybody, welcome back. Um, what, four weeks off? Yeah. It felt like a long time, but glad to be back. Um, you actually can hear us this time, which hopefully. is good. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully you can hear us. We tested everything. It seemed to be working fine. Uh, I think we fixed the issue without having to buy a new soundboard. Nope, just um, a cord. So very nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's jump into the first two off the tee of the new decade of the new year. Um, Why don't you yeah. tell people what two off the tee is? We've had, you know, well, first of all, thanks for the support in our, you know, the last video with Paul we put out. Um, I don't know, we've gained like a thousand subscribers just from that one video. So we've got a new, a lot of new people yeah, out there. We're almost at 8,500 subscribers. Which is huge. Insane. We, our channel is right at a year old right now. Yeah. Right at. Almost. It. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it's crazy to think about like, of the percentage of people that watched that last video, it's like 80 per, or 70, 70% of people are not even subscribed to us. Yeah. So like, we're not even like tapping into our potential yet. Yeah, but uh, go quick, for it. quick note, this back wall we had a solution for, which was LED bed lights. Um, oh, oh well, okay. Our original solution, I have LED lights here, but they look very bad um, because of how bright these lights are. So instead we're going to get a, uh, temporary bed sheet and then an official like foundation backdrop um yeah. but unfortunately right now you just well, have to you didn't even get the bed sheet joke oh man y'all wow, guys geniuses. this is terrible uh we are rusty let's jump no i got it you, you didn't did. get it i am rusty all right throw um, it. go for it <laughs> all right so the two off the tee this week actually came from instagram our first off the tee the second off the tee if you're new here uh comes from you in the comments just ask a question and we'll pick one at random the first one came from instagram from dg underscore airman he said recommendation for a mold that can be used for throwing and putting for bag minimization and then he said kc pro avr question mark um so i picked this one because i think it's a a pretty good just like talking point for newer players right um Disc cycling is very popular. Uh, doing it with a putter is also a good option because you have that throwing stability. You also have putting. Um, a KC Pro AVR is a good option from the aspect that um, from the aspect that it's an overstable putter. So it allows you to throw it and put it, and then you can have it in several different stages of wear. That's why I picked this is because I think it's a good topic to talk about of when you're trying to cycle discs, it's good to have them as an overstable disc. So like a Rock 3, a uh, Rock, a KC Pro AVR, a uh, Challenger. Um, for putters, you know, that's what he was specifically asking for. Um, Challenger, Challenger OS. Uh, trying Luna. to think of some other ones. Luna's a great one. Because, I um, mean, we see Paul throwing that Luna, I mean, around the course, and then obviously, I mean, he throws his uh, Jawbreaker blend, and then mm -hmm. he puts with this, those same ones, too. Yeah. Plus, I mean, obviously, there's different Lunas that you could... If you wanted to put with other ones, you can. Yeah, and the but. the KC Pro AVR is a good option as well. Yeah. Um, I don't really know other brands too too well when it comes to overstable putter. Link, um, is that yeah? That's a good one from Discmania. P two is another good one from Discmania. Uh, um, but basically, the yeah. whole the whole point is anything that is a little bit more overstable is going to finish a little bit left is going to be a great option because it's going to allow you to cycle it and have that same consistent feel on the putting green and on upshots, um, and that's going to be true throughout your whole bag if you want to cycle if you only want to have four molds one of each just get over stable and beat them in and then your bag will be real simple yeah 
Um, one thing I have to say is I am blind and can't see that screen. You can't see the comments. I will pull no. them up on the phone for you. Thank you. Uh, you know, we brought the screen closer here, hoping that I didn't have to have the phone down and I could read everything. I'm staring at the screen. I'm sure you guys can notice, but I literally can't. It read is, it. It's hard to read. I can read them, but it, it's pretty small. And there's a, like, I mean, a lot of people are talking and I want to answer everybody. And, uh, I could see one. And this is funny that the one I see Jeff Korn says, Ooh, cool hats. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> um, that's the, literally the only one I've seen. We're trying. We're gonna get the second off the tee here in a second. I can't uh, even. As soon as I get this pulled up for Zach to be able to read, there you go. <laughs> okay, go for it. All right. Well, we need the second question. Oh yeah, the, the second one off the tee comes from you guys. So drop your questions in the comments below. I mean, actually, there's been a ton of comments, so I can just. Uh, oh boy. Let me just this, let me pull. Okay, one. if you're new to the podcast, we are rusty right now. We're fresh off a month long break that was much needed um but maybe we should have had a, a dress run or something uh what is it called dress rehearsal cares? dress run so that we Get didn't have here. to uh so that we didn't have all this happen live um any questions but Which one yeah should I pick? is there any any questions zach um okay well this is uh i'm gonna give you two of them. well one That's we fine. can answer later on okay. so i played my first tournament and shot worse than i do in practice what mental game techniques do you do well, first off, uh, Terrible always a game. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't have a great one. Um, but I, I know how to have a good mental <laughs> game. I just suck at implementing it as does most people. Yeah. First thing I'm gonna say is you're always going to play worse in a tournament. I, I oh, don't know. hundred percent. Okay. I can't say always because most there, of the time there are, most of the time I know of like two players that are actually better in tournaments that we know of, um, like that we play with. Uh, one is, uh, um, Evan Bamford. Yes, he's uh, a monster in tournaments. He's a freak in tournaments. He's normal in practice. In practice, he was a good player. Um, but in a tournament, he just goes to another level. Oh, yeah. So I can't say always. But for your average player, you're going to play... I, I always allow like three to five strokes worse yes. than I do on my practice round. Uh, just mentally going into the round because then that helps my expectation. Tournaments, you don't realize the pressure. Right. You don't feel it, but it's yeah. there. Yeah. There's like on every it's putt. There. You know, you're in your own head. Uh, you're counting your strokes a lot more. In a practice round, you know, a 15-footer is easy. In a tournament, it might be a lot more stressful. Um, yeah. So I think some mental tips is, is change your expectations going into it to Big kind time. of realize that you're not going to play the same that you, you play in practice. I think that's a big one. It's just, we just got the one question that, like, we got all beginning of last year. We laughed at every time we got it. How, How do we, we become friends with Paul? Okay. So uh, you first, might as well address it right now, so it stops. Whoever uh, Bob Hicks who asked that, we're not laughing at you. We're no, we're, I'm at not. The, I'm we're not. laughing at the fact that we get this question uh, more than probably any other question on earth. Yeah. Um, but it's a valid question, especially for new subscribers. So we always uh, enjoy answering it. Basically, uh, my freshman year, Paul started coming around Liberty University, which is where I and Zach went to school. Uh, he hung around the team, and then Zach freshman year actually might have been your sophomore, sophomore year, year um, but it was also mine it was his first year on the team though paul was at our practices a lot uh, hung out with the team we got to know him through game nights um just playing board games and stuff and became really good friends with him uh and that was four years ago now yeah um and to the point that you know he i don't know about you but he's one of the people i talk to more than probably anyone else yeah uh, me and zach talk say, more than yeah. anyone say, and then paul's I, probably next on the list yeah i I say this all the time. I talk to you more than I, I talk to my wife, which is very true. Um, and Paul's second to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's just, I don't know, it just kind of developed over 
a long time of playing board games and disc golf practice. Jeff so. said, Jeff said, put an FAQ section on the website and make this the first answer. <laughs> we should, that's, that's that should be good. the only, yeah, only, the only frequently question. Asked question. All right. And so the last question um, I'm going to pull out was just well, because welcome I, to three off the tee. Welcome to three off the tee. Cause I don't even know if you saw this one, but this was just funny to me. Eagle was doing like an ask me anything on Instagram. Okay. So I, from foundations account commented back and I just said, join us in a foundation face off. And his response was, um, I'm intrigued or you have my attention. What's the details? So huh. someone said, is he joining you in a face off? Um, I don't know. That was just not yet. I was um, just we messing will around be with at a lot of tournaments and they don't take very long to shoot. So no, we'll probably hit him up and try to get him in one. Um, That'd be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, especially ones that are like the stupid ones that I don't feel like they really affect your game. So like yeah. when you're prepping for a tournament, if you do a throw anything challenge for four holes, yeah. you're, it's not going to hurt. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, before we jump into anything else, we did before Paul's injury and everything oh, okay. came out to where like, he can't he play. We did back up uh, one more video with Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, we had it shot by a third party. Never shot disc golf before. So Zach and I are a little bit nervous as to how it's going to come out. Hopefully it comes out great. We will find out here soon. But over the next week or two, we should have one more face off with Paul. We'll talk about his injury a little bit later in the podcast. Um, but that's just a heads up because I did see some comments on Paul's post saying like, oh, man, no more face offs. I don't we know if they're sarcastic, the but uh, we do have one. Um, and I feel like I wanted to address one more thing. I know we're talking about so many. I've, we haven't talked in so long. Yeah, it's been a month. We're just so might it as well feels just keep good going, back, right? If we're being honest. But what I was going to say, the funny thing is I don't know what I was about to say. So, OK, cool. Well, let's jump into our second topic of all uh, all time. On the podcast, that made no sense, but you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> what did you just That's say? Second topic of all time. The <laughs> the second topic that we always have on the podcast, which is college disc golf. This is going to be a brief one because there's no college news during the break. It was literally their break, the same time as yeah. our break. Um, the next tournament that we'll have anything to talk about is the Wolfpack Cross County Classic on February 2nd, which is the NC State tournament, the number one team in the country, their home tournament. Uh, we'll see oh, if man. they're rusty coming off break and if someone else gets a win. I won't be surprised if they if they if they don't win, I'm gonna if they whoo if they don't win, I'm gonna be very surprised. Same. They I would imagine especially on their home courses, they're they've always been very hard to beat on those courses. Add in the fact that they're dominating Dominant this, this season. I don't see anyone coming close to beating them, but Me I've either. been wrong before. This so. is true. Um, who's the best college disc golf team right now? NC state. Yeah. Uh, they are the dominant team right now. By a long shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's always hard to tell because like, for instance, you won't as an East coast team, you won't see a West coast team until right. nationals. Right. So there has been times in the past where Oregon's been great yeah. and they haven't played any of the really strong Southeast teams mm-hmm. until nationals. And, um, but in general, the Southeast is always the strongest and NC state has been dominating that yes. area this year. Mm-hmm. So it's safe to say they are the favorite going into nationals. So before we get into our topic topic of the night, we're going into our third best topic as what he says. Uh, yeah. Our third um, topic. So our topic time. of the night is going to be disc golf in 2030, which was a article um, written by UC. Yes. On discmania.net. Okay. Yeah. So UC re- uh, wrote this article, um, but we are going to do off season news because we haven't been here for a month. A ton has happened, but we will go quick because if we went slow, we can literally take up the rest of this podcast just with off season news. Yeah. Uh, so so why don't you just take a few? I'll take I'm a few. Rapid go for fire. It. And then I'm gonna let you take the one after henna. Okay. And then I'll rapid fire. Okay. So then like, yeah, I think that's, they'll probably be valid. It's fair. Split. Go ahead. Go. Okay. So we have, this is everything that's happened in the last month of our break. Um, Ulti World normally does a good job of keeping up their Very thing, good. but they 
they slacked behind. So actually, I had to dig into their archives. I still got all this from. Let's say I literally just said, "Oh, very good, very yeah. good," because they're great. I was shocked. Yep. I went on today and I actually had to dig through their archives of posts to find all of this. Um, but uh, neither here nor there. We have Katrina Allen signing a two-year extension with Prodigy. Terry Roethlisberger, which we heard his name, I believe, at the Great Lakes Open, but I could be wrong there. We heard his name somewhere. Um, just watched a video today. Uh, he was played with Adam Hammes this past weekend at the. Uh, it was where Memorial is. Oh, so in Arizona. Yeah, what's the name of that tournament? Marsicopa something? Not even close. I don't know. Good try, though. Um, but Adam won that. Yeah, he, he did. He played great. He, he lights out. very good. Anyways, but we see Terry Roethlisberger re-signed with Discraft. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big deal, but he's now planning on touring full-time in 2020. Yeah. Which that could be a big deal. I don't think he's going to be pushing as like a top five, but he could be in the top 15, 20, I think. Yeah. Um, we also see Missy Gannon joining Discraft Elite teams. Peter McBride has joined the list of players that are leaving Dynamic Discs. I couldn't find where he's going to. And then Henna Bloomrose, we finally find out that she is picked up by Innova on a one-year deal. I call, That one was easy to, to pick up. Yeah. Like, I knew that one was happening. I was hoping she was going to go to Discraft. Shelly um, Sharp. There we go, Jeff. Not surprised it's Shelly you. Shelly Sharp Memorial. There we go. Um, Jeff's, yeah. Jeff's our facts guy. Yeah, he really he's is. Part of the podcast. Uh, Vista Del Camino. There you go. I don't know where I got Marci Capo. I don't know either. I think it's a type of cheese. But <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, guys. Okay. Um, so yeah, the the henna thing. Totally not surprised. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's a great pickup by whatever company would, was going to get her. Yeah. Uh, Innova and Discraft seem like the obvious two front runners. Yep. Um, and Innova, I mean, they seem to have a corner on the top European player market. This is true. Um, so not really a surprise there. Hopefully, this means that she comes over to the U.S. in 2020 and yeah, tours said, quite a bit. That's what she said. Um, perfect. Then uh, that's going to be another name that's going to be up there in every weekend, I believe. So uh, Nick Carl, we miss you too. He said he misses us. Um, all right, so the one that I'm talking about is Brody Smith. I'm sure all of you have heard about Brody Smith, and um, now he is into disc golf. Um, it is going to be his new passion, his new go-to, uh, as he said last night on Smashbox. I don't know if you listen. Career change. I listened somewhat, okay. but you, I think you listened to the full thing, so I'm going to let you be the, uh, um, the Smashbox. Cool. So he said it is it is a career change. Um, no, it's not for the money because he knows that there's not you know much money in disc golf. Um, he said, you know, they, they went through a lot. Um, it was a great interview. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, go, go ahead. watch um, that. I forgot for to sure. link that one in the bio. I did link the disc mania article in the bio, but I forgot to link that. But if you just search Smashbox Brody Smith, you'll find it. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, it's great. They talk about, you know, media, um, what can disc golf do better? What does, uh, he see himself? Like, ah, how does he see himself helping disc golf, um, approve, approve, improve, um, you know, through the media, ESPN, like all this stuff. And just so you know, his answer was he doesn't think ESPN is the answer. Um, he I, thinks I, the more I've thought about it, I don't either. I, mean, I think I, I don't that, either. <laughs> I think we all, I think we agreed on that at a podcast. Yeah. Mid I don't know last if, fall. I mean, sure. The highlights here, there are great because it gets like, you know, the few, the views there, but like, I don't know if that is the best but avenue for this. As we but, look at sports coverage in general, it, it's kind of going away from the mainstream tv coverage right now it's going into streaming of like espn plus right uh i mean disney plus i know it's not sports but hulu has live sports netflix like i i honestly right now have like five subscriptions a month yeah um instead of tv exactly and i think that's where it's going so i wouldn't be surprised to see pro tour or something like that start its own streaming channel um but that's not really to do with brody smith one thing that i did notice was you said you know not in it for the money yeah 
I think that should be caveated with a as of yet because I feel like a person like this coming into the sport yeah. could have money coming behind him. Not him yeah. himself, but bringing in the eyes at least of a Nike, Adidas, which we'll talk about that. Some from UC's uh, article. But having a player like him, I think he has 2 million YouTube uh, two subscribers. And some, two and change. Um, so something that big, which is, I mean, I think Jomas is the biggest at 100 and some thousand on YouTube right yeah. now. So what's that, 20 times yeah. larger? Uh, just having that amount of views on consistent disc golf content um, and having someone that big in the sport is going to raise awareness with bigger companies that therefore could lead to more money. Yeah, but I don't think the sport. well the money. What I'm saying, like he wasn't in it for the money. Like, oh, I'm going to win 20 tournaments this no, year yeah. and make a million dollars. No, it, yeah. If that. he wanted that, then he should have just stuck with ball golf. I mean, dude's a monster and whatever he does, should have stuck with ball golf. Won you know a few am tournaments, moved to the pro, won one, and more money than he'll make in his career in disc golf. So, um, question for you: so. Where? Okay, two question, two full question. One: Where do you think he goes sponsor wise? Well, I don't like this question because of. Okay, go ahead. And then number two, how, what do you think he ends the year rated? Okay. I hate the first question because of just like little things that we know that like just cloud clouds my mind. Um, I mean, we don't have to answer it. I, <laughs> I feel like everyone can take a guess at where he's going to go, but we don't know. There's no confirmed answer. No, period. there's not. I know that, but I'm so. saying like, oh, geez. Well, well, I think it's either, it's obviously either discraft innova or the one that they talked about a lot last night on smashbox um was uh, dynamic because of the the media there um you know terry was saying how dynamics media team is the best by far over any other uh disc golf almost company. to a fault i personally believe that's actually i think might have been what he said or no 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 did he say that I don't know. Just watch the interview. It was fantastic. But um, they just talked about how could that be like what Brody's looking for, that media team? Because, I mean... To me, he brings his media team. I think he already has a full-time editor. Um, I would imagine he has cameramen that he relies on. So to me, the the media, he's his own entity kind of thing. Um, What The reason I would think trilogies in the books is we have seen or like an option is we have seen him playing with like emerson keith and right uh i mean the, the texas area is a very trilogy heavy area um discraft's an obvious option because he already has been selling his buzzes the ultra stars he's wearing a paul hat the other day yeah. he talks to paul all this stuff that's an obvious option innova i think is probably the third on my list my list would probably go discraft most likely trilogy of some sort second most likely and of a third most if i had to guess um, but Innova, I don't really, Innova, I'm I don't think up there because of how big they are. I'd say like Innova is number three out of the top, out of the two, out of Discraft and Dynamic. Yeah, that's what I just said. I went oh. Discraft Trilogy. Innova. I wasn't paying attention because um, I was looking at what Jeff said. Jeff said Brody to Macbeth, Macbeth brand. There's a possibility we did not Which talk is, about, but mm, that'd be I mean, sick. I guess we didn't, but I thought, okay. Um, yeah. Um, so what's the second thing of oh. what do you think he ends the year rated at? that's so hard well first of all the dude crushes like I, we were watching him throw buzzes like 400 feet yeah on a forehand like i mean a buzz like this dude was crushing now obviously you could throw far and suck at everything else right i, I mean well well no <laughs> that's not what i'm saying i'm saying like for example I'm not saying that this person sucks at his short game or putting but we see garrett girthy can throw like 650 feet mm-hmm. and then his short game is but just normally if you excel at one you're you're bad at the other and right. if you're good at both you're paul or Ricky. Or right. But I'm saying, uh, I don't know. Maybe like he ends the uh, 2020 at like 975. I was going to say 980. 
Okay. Wow. So okay. we're, we're, we we're, we're tracking on the that's same thing. That's pretty solid. Okay. Um, yeah, because I mean, I think that's, I think he's going to come into the year at like a 930 to 950 um, simply because of inconsistencies. And then I think as the year goes on, he's just going to get more and more consistent. But I mean, he almost got down to being a scratch golfer in what he played golf for two years. He, he said he played when he was a kid, but I mean, to get almost down to a scratch golfer and it's ridiculous. So we, we know he's insanely athletic and get really good, really fast. If he dedicates that same amount of time, I wouldn't count out being close to a thousand rated. Jeff Corn said thousand rated. Someone bet me. Yeah. Jeff, how much money? Let's decide right now. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Put, I think a big part of yeah. it is going to be what tournaments he plays. If he goes on tour, thousand rated is way easier than right. if he stays in te- like Texas area playing C tiers. Well, he said last night he's not well, number one. He's not going to play tournaments until he is fully ready. Like he's not going to jump into a tournament and say, oh, OK, like uh, my putting really isn't as good as all these guys. Now let me go back to putting and then yeah. come back. He said if he's not ready to play at the highest level, so he said he's not he's, he's not, not going to play. play um he also said that you know why he talked about like uh people had started explaining to him what like sandbaggers were or whatever yeah. didn't use the word but like that's what he's talking about he said why do that like i'm gonna jump in you know at the pro level play with the best of the best and he said he wants to challenge them yeah. so i imagine him if he's gonna play at a tournament it's gonna be at a big tournament and if he's gonna play it's gonna be pro so like i, I think he's going he, it's, he's all in yeah so I guess his rating can get up if there, like gets, you said. Yeah, because so. to me, a 980 local player is a thousand rated tour player. Um, we've talked about that before. We'll probably do another podcast on ratings um, later. We have some topics in mind with that, but so I, it depends on the type of tournament he plays. But I could definitely, definitely see a gain up there. Jeff, um, I'll take your bet. Twenty bucks at the end of the year, at the end of 2020, he will not finish over a thousand rated. Jeff, uh, we I could don't take it take right all now. Their money. Hey, twenty bucks. <laughs> twenty bucks works. I mean, it's not all my money, but. Uh, there you go. We'll shake on it. Boom. Cool. Next. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all the, the Brody stuff we're really going to talk about. It's huge. It's huge. Uh, go watch that interview. Massive. Hopefully one day we'll have him on grip locked. Oh, actually somebody um, did ask if we were going to be doing anything with him because he'll be here in a few weeks. I mean, we know we're, we're pretty sure like we're, we're going to meet him. We're going to meet him. Are we going to make that's videos with him? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know because we've, we've had talks. I'm not right? going to push the envelope on anything. I'm not. Um, but I just want to meet the guy. He said we could work something out. Yeah. So, like, that's all I'm saying. Uh, so, hopefully, we can, even if it's one video. Heck, even if we just make some type of appearance in one of his videos. <laughs> well, that's, that, is, that is not going to happen. Come okay. on. We, a man can dream, can't he? You uh, can, but that's not happening. So, the, the next, next offseason news, uh, another some more trilogy news. Yeah. Westside team captain Kyle Webster left his sponsorship. Yep. Uh, Austin Hannum has extended his Discraft contract. Grady Shue leaves his trilogy sponsorship with Latitude 64. No clue where he's going. I want to know where he's going. I'm curious. It's very interesting. He's young. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go from Latitude to Dynamic. Right. Because the whole page thing we talked about. Yeah. Um, You know, his wife is Dynamic. It's easy to to throw the same brands touring together. I mean, Latitude let him, but I just wouldn't be surprised to see him move to Dynamic. But he has left latitude 64 um where to we don't know go to hatfield joins discraft dustin keegan jumps from trilogy to disc mania mm-hmm. calvin heimberg signs an extension with innova for two years mm-hmm. zach arlingus 16 year old monster ridiculous player to discraft um which that might not be big news now In a few but years it will be <laughs> it could be yeah because yeah. that's the type of thing that like 
a player becomes very loyal to a company because hey when i was young they yeah. took a chance on me i know he was sponsored by trilogy but this i feel like is his first like we're sponsoring you not because you're good and you're young we're sponsoring you because we're you're good yeah um so we'll see how that kind of goes and the last one not a big name but you've probably heard of him if you follow tournaments cameron messerschmidt just announced that he's signing with gateway after going unsponsored in 2019, he was mm-hmm. previously sponsored by Prodigy in 2018. He's 1018 rated, had seven B tier wins last year, and was the best Circle Two putter on tour, according to UDISC stats. Wow! So very interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Definitely Gateway's biggest player, with Nico being with Westside. Um, but yeah, and I'll let you take that next topic. Okay. Here. Also, uh, Jeff said that Grady's currently throwing Discmania, but not sponsored by them. He was with Discmania, right? He was, yes. So maybe he's going back. Who knows? Yes. All right. Um, and before we leave these players and we go over to um, Macbeth, one person asked, do we think that Gibson is changing the game or has made any like, has he made any headway with like this whole big thing? Now, first of all, let me first talk about how he was playing this past uh, weekend. He played well in Shelly Sharp. I think he came in second or third. Yeah. And if only he could putt, I think he would have won the tournament. Like I watched the fr- only the front nine of um, the of the last round, and you got to watch his putting. I mean, he, I think he missed like four what, putts. What is he putting with right now? I don't know. know. I don't know. But I do know that as soon as he lost to Adam, he went to Facebook looking for Discraft putters. I didn't see those. The what do you, what did he say? Challenge the crazy tough challengers. I don't know I what exactly what it was. And I know it wasn't um, the focus because that's what Adam puts with. I believe. I think he might have changed. Did he? I think he? Oh. I think. I think that uh, Drew was looking for Adam's putters, so I believe he did change, um, which I'm sure Jeff will chime in in a second telling us because he's good friends with Adam. Um, another, since we brought up Drew Gibson, his Phantom Warrior is available on our website. Someone um, said that they're going to buy some Phantom Warriors on our website. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they are available there. We um, bought 10. <laughs> we have nine, Yeah, just in case you guys were wondering. It, from my understanding, it's just a He did say that. He, he told rival. people. Yeah. yeah, it's a rival in a different plastic, a yeah. uh, special blend. The plastic feels fantastic. Um, legacy plastic in general has been surprising me uh, as I felt more of it as I've been playing in the game, but <laughs> it's it definitely surprised me. Um, and it, yeah, the Phantom Warrior plastic really does feel feel great. Um, so we should probably do a review of that uh, here over the next week. That's or what two. someone said. Man, you, we're just, you're just, it's like, oh, I'm reading the it's comments, like but I'm not reading. I really didn't. I didn't read any of them. Here. I didn't read those. Get out of here. I promise you. I didn't. Yeah. I have been reading here and there, but I didn't read those. Um, crazy tough jawbreaker, jawbreaker challenges right now. Once the old challengers at Haley King putts with. Okay. See, cool beans. All right. Uh, so, we should have like Jeff just in like a third room. We really should have and Jeff. We, here. we can just like whenever he talks, he just cuts to him. Or or no, we don't even like. Let's just have let's Jeff just call in our him ears. In our ears. <laughs> and okay, Jeff, we'll set that up for next we'll, week. We'll have we'll both have one AirPod in next yeah. week and just have Jeff on the line. He'll be like, nope, that's not true, guys. <laughs> okay, so um, all right, so we're gonna talk about Macbeth now. Um, he's out with an injury for f- at, least, um, at least I think four, four weeks. weeks yeah. He's at. So we knew he was hurt. Everyone knew he was hurt. Um, we've been talking to him, been hanging out with him. You know, he finally got that MRI, and then they called him in and told him, obviously, you know, what they, what he told everyone on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I think this is huge news because I think um, everybody was, all the, the touring pros were jumping in their seats because they can actually, like, have a chance of winning a tournament um, simply because, I mean, the dude's been dominant, especially yeah. at the end of the year. Um, I also think, you know, it sucks for Paul. How how is he going to bounce back from this? I mean, four weeks is a long time Especially to not this close to the season. This right. is when you should be like 
He should be grinding every day. Yeah, and he should be like right now popping out. You know, he should already be shooting like 1050, 1060 when he's right. on the course. Um, but instead, he's going to have to sit down. But, you know, it's Paul. I, I feel like Paul at this point has reached a point in his career that he's kind of like at this, not, I don't, don't want to say peak, but if he plateaued where he was, where yeah. he is currently, he'll still dominate everyone. So he's more at a maintaining and yeah. like slowly increasing uh, stage in his game. So where he doesn't have to be in the in the garage working on putts every day yeah. he just has to get his putt back up right to where it was and i feel like that's a lot easier to do than if you're fixing something right um but i mean one thing i did want to say is this it's not as bad as it could have been uh you know there there was a slight possibility that there could there could have been surgery in the right. picture which you know that might have put him out towards worlds or later in the yeah. season which that would that would have been ridiculous huge news so it's not as bad as that but there was also the possibility that it was basically nothing and yeah. you know maybe a week or two or wear ankle brace when you play type of a thing. So they were both on the table. It kind of landed right in the middle. Uh, hopefully when he goes back to the doctor, Ooh, I am freezing. Yeah. It's colder down here. Hopefully when he goes back to the doctor, like three weeks from now, uh, I think it is. Um, yeah. Then hopefully they'll just news. tell him the boot can come off and you yeah. go back to playing. But you know, there is a chance that he'll miss the wintertime open Memorial. We don't know how long this thing could drag on. Right. Um, I mean, hope I'm hoping that he's ready. Um, but obviously I think if he's ready, I don't think it'll be surprising if maybe he, he doesn't win the first two tournaments because yeah. he didn't have all that time to is, prepare like everyone else. Did. So it's normal. Yeah. Right. It, I mean, it sucks because if you look at the last three years, he's had stuff going into the year. That's been like, yeah. like two years ago was, uh, I believe his back was still hurting him. That's when we saw Lance Brown take down the winter time last yeah. year. We saw Lance Brown, man. Yeah. Last Forgot year, we about saw that. Paul switch to discraft, make him start off slow. We see Adam Hammond's <laughs> taking down the winter time. Yep. Uh, and so then this year, you know, his boot coming off his ankle, Maybe someone new will get their first yeah. big A-tier win. Uh, hopefully, Paul can be back playing um, as a fan and as a friend. Obviously, yeah. we're hoping for that uh, because it'll make disc golf a lot more interesting. It's kind of like ball golf. I never watched it. Tiger Woods is in it. I'm watching ball golf. Yeah. I don't watch disc golf. Paul's there. I watch disc golf regardless, but you, you know what I mean? It's the same. He has well, a Tiger no. Wood type of thing. Well, what you bring up is a valid question, right? I mean, if he's not at Memorial, does Memorial get... Uh, 200,000 views on Joe Mez no. or does it get 100? That's there's what I'm Macbeth, saying. There's a Macbeth effect. Right, which is huge. I you mean, see especially that on for everyone. Right. I mean, Heck, even on our channel, it's on our 65,000 views divided 10,000. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. And that, I think that's, you just see that as scale. I mean, you've oh, heard yeah. Joe Mez talk about that before. Yeah. The, they'll put Paul in the thumbnail just because they know they have, it's Paul, the view, the video is going to get yeah. ten, like 10 times as many views. Yeah. Um, they, so there's definitely that effect, which could in turn hurt like when your time uh, the, open it could memorial hurt. okay now this is like bigger and i won't talk we won't talk about this for a long time but it could hurt disc golf as a whole if like let's just say espn's like oh we we let we want to air worlds this year but you know let's just say paul was hurt at worlds and he couldn't play but maybe not this year because that guy's not playing and he's the one that pulls in all of the, literally all of your views yeah i mean that could be big for disc golf but let, that's a later yeah that i mean hopefully we don't have to have that discussion no but. Uh, All right, so let's jump into Disc Golf in 2030, uh, article on discmania.net written by UC Maresma. Um, I will read the first quote we have here, and then you can hop in. Disc Golf in the last 10 years has been quite exciting. New tours, new companies, bigger tournaments, more courses, everything. As we enter a new decade, we ask Disc Mania CEO... Oh, so this is written by this is this initial part written by someone else. We asked Disc Mania CEO UC to get his thoughts on where Disc Golf will be in 2030. Sure. 
We're just a few weeks into this decade, but it's time to see where we might be 10 years from now. So that's just setting the background to what we're about to be talking about. Super interesting stuff um, because, I mean, we always talk about, oh, what will disc golf be like in 20 years? Yeah. You know, something like that. So, so uh, 10 years. Wow. 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, so basically how we're going to work it is he had seven points in his article. We'll go through those points, kind of go over the highlight of what UC said, and then give our opinion on whether we agree, disagree, or additional thoughts. Um, it seems like a, a great topic that was right up our alley, especially as we started the new year and mm-hmm. the new season of Grip Lock, season two. This is fantastic. Um, so yeah, it, it came out, I believe, last week or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the first point was bigger disc golf events will become profitable businesses. He says spectator passes, merchandise, sponsorships, and media rights will generate enough revenue to make biz- bigger events profitable. This is the most under-resourced area in professional disc golf at the moment. Um, so I know for me personally, this is something I've noticed over the past few years. Uh, when I went to USCGC, if we go back, 2015 was my first one. Mm-hmm. Unless I just got in without paying, I didn't have to pay. There wasn't a parking pass. You know, you just kind of came in. There was a parking pass. Now there is. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Over the last five years, we've started to see this change. We're now at tournaments, even if we look at Worlds, there were right, parking, there parking passes. passes. Uh, we had to get a media pass to even be able to park anywhere close to the course, really. Yeah. And then other people were yeah. paying 10 40 bucks to, yeah. to have p- parking. Um, and that wasn't even close to the course. Yeah. And so this is something that we're already starting to see. I think he's starting. he's saying this is going to become more widespread. It's Which not just going to be majors. I mean, I think it's going to happen. Yeah, and I think it's a good thing. I'm not opposed to any of it. Sure, you might see less like people at the tournament itself, but then that money that they didn't have like can go so much farther than zero dollars. So yeah, well we we talk about this a lot, and Paul Paul talks about it a lot. That right now, disc golf money is kind of in a circle. Yeah, right. So there's you know, Discraft makes a disc. The players promote that disc. You know, players at home buy that disc. That then goes back to Discraft who puts it into a tournament right. that then Paul wins and then he uses that winnings to promote a disc yeah. and that disc, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. all the same money just in a cycle. The right. only outside money currently is from small sponsorships and from our pockets. Right. Basically that's the outside money in disc right. golf right now. This provides another gateway to up the tournament purses without that money in that circle. Basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing he didn't mention was pay-per-view live streams. I think that's something that over the next 10 years yeah. will become a thing, um, kind of because of his second point here. But just in general, we saw it tested at USDGC. It seemed to work pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a proof of concept thing that people yep. will pay. So I also think that um, obviously this... So I think the pay-per-view thing is going to go two different ways. Either I think um, you know next day content is not going to be... It, it's not like... You're gonna have to phase out like Jomez, yeah, to make pay per view like an actual thing. Because if not, then you're gonna get the sure ten thousand people to pay, but that two hundred thousand people that are watching Jomez's final nine of Worlds or three hundred, four hundred thousand people. Yeah, like if they don't have that, maybe let's just say fifty percent of them are gonna pay to watch. Yeah, right. So there goes there's all that money. I think really, which is sad because obviously Jomez puts out the best content disc golf has. I think they might have to invest their money to get into live because if they don't over the next 10 years i don't think that they're gonna well i don't know be. if it even has to be live i think there's a a potential for a pay-per-view next day okay that too. Um, i think so everything becomes pay-per-view i think i don't know if everything um 
everything i'll just go ahead and read the next point because it's kind of right on topic of what we're saying but he he believes event media rights will be monetized so he thinks bigger events and tours will monetize their media rights and media companies will pay to cover those events he said it'll be really tough to enter the sport as a new youtube channel so why i said that kind of fits right in is currently we see if we wanted jomez to come shoot the battle for bedford we would pay them right now like three thousand dollars that might be on the low end i don't know i just threw a number out there and if their weekend's free, they're going to come. He's saying the role's going to reverse, which to me makes a lot of sense. That's how every other sport does it. Yep. But currently, it's not the good model. He says that role's going to reverse over time to where, okay, Jomez, you want to cover Worlds. You want all those views. You now pay us right. for the right to cover our tournament. Which makes sense. Right. But the issue that, that brings in, why I think is right on topic with it, is now Jomez has to monetize more because now they don't have that income of we're covering four tournaments this month. Yeah. There's $12,000 of income that can pay our employees and keep us up and running now okay instead of now we're paying twelve thousand a month now we have to have some sort of income yes there's sponsorships but pay-per-view might be uh the next option which kind of sucks but is also i mean it's something i think is going to happen so okay someone said pay in person throw ads on streams this has been figured out for ages but that's not true because like you can't watch ufc for free yeah like you can't watch um, you know, you can't watch the Yankees for free. Like this is all paying for MLB TV and UFC fight pass. Like they you don't watch do the anything. highlights. Sure. Yeah. You can watch the highlights, but they don't do anything for free. Yeah. So if, even if you want to watch it the next day, like I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you have to pay. Do you have to pay for the next day? I don't know. But like it, nothing's, I mean, unless someone illegally uploads it to YouTube, right. it's yeah. not free. It's always up. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, really the, I think the difference right now between disc golf and, major sports is there's no third party right yeah right now there's espn saying we're going to live stream and then we're paying chantel just uh you all probably don't know what chantel no, is they don't. dish uh direct tv all this stuff right to have access to espn to watch right so right now there's like three parties in other sports we're kind of cutting out the middleman and so what i think is going to happen is we're going to have to pay disc golf pro tour or jomez for the right to their coverage um, in addition to the ads, because I think the ads won't be enough. Uh, they I already yeah. they already monetize with ads. Right. They have that income now. If the you know consistent income of tournaments paying them flips on them, they need that extra two, three, four thousand, depending on the tournament uh, of income to come in from somewhere. And I think that's going to be from us. Yeah. Um, which, like I said, not a. It's a bad change as a fan that's been in it, mm-hmm. but as an outside fan coming in, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, cause like, I don't expect to watch Duke basketball for free. Right. Uh, but I expect to watch Jomez for free. Yep. So I think it's kind of unfair where we are right now. It's just that we've almost gotten spoiled because we've had it for so long. Well, that, yeah, that's just, we, we've gotten spoiled with a lot of things in disc golf. That's like, we talked about this, I think for a whole podcast once was like, um, big players, big player packs and, and big payout and big payout. Like it's, you, you can't have both. both. But the, the fact of the matter is at the end of the day, when more money's coming in uh, and you're paying for different services, it's going to go a long way in growing the sport and having more money come in means that Jomez can now invest it in better cameras, better right. graphics, more media people, people need, yeah. uh, everything. And then that also says, okay, well now instead of this tournament having to pay 3000, they're actually now getting 3000. Right. So now instead of the added cash being at 13 now to 10, now it's at 13 up to 16. Right. So we see the purse is getting bigger, which is going to make people work harder. 
all around, it's going to be a good change, but it's going to be a very painful Band-Aid to rip off. And I don't know if they're going to do it fast or I don't know if it's going to be over the next five, six, seven years. I mean, like the people that are commenting about this issue right now, they're kind of like they're kind of split. Like we have one person here saying, if I had to pay to watch, I would never have gotten involved in the sport. And then you say, and then you see someone that says, I happily support Joe Mess or Patreon. I feel like it's wrong not to support them. A channel that provides uh, consistently provides content and provides a better uh, and provides the A tier on weekends. Like he's, uh, you've gotten people, you're going to have 50, 50, right? Yeah. I well, mean, it, you can't make everyone happy. And then the people that you make happy already, like, well, I mean, what it is, is like, if I could watch Duke basketball free legally, I'm not going to go. I mean, you can, you can find it on Reddit. And I'm sure that'll always be there. Yeah. You can find sports games for free. But if I could go watch Duke basketball and the NBA championship and all this stuff without paying for YouTube TV or whatever, of course I would. Yeah. And if that was where we were at with basketball and stuff, then of course, as soon as YouTube TV came in and says, Hey, you're going to pay me to watch it. Then of course you'd be like, no, like yeah. it, it's free. Why would I? Yep. And that's just where we're at. Yeah. Uh, 10 years from now, new players coming into the game are going to be like, of course you have to pay to watch. That's normal. Like yeah. it's a sport sporting exactly. event. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of where we're at right now that it's going to suck whenever it does happen. I think it's probably going to be implemented at the majors over the next two to three years. I would say, um, yeah, I, I agree. And then slowly have a trickle down effect to where maybe all the free stuff you get is C tiers. Right. Kind of like you could probably go find a rec league basketball game online. Yeah. I think that's kind of be where it's be going to be over the next decade. And obviously not that we have any say in any of this. So no, this is all <laughs> speculation. Hence disc golf in 2030 being the title. Yeah. Obviously we don't actually know. Um, all right. So more diversity, more diversity to be a touring pro. Yeah, the the best of that and like, confused me but me too. it, it kind of makes sense the best players will be more important for the manufacturers and companies will focus on promoting them mid-level pros are having a hard time sustaining their touring players need to either um need need to either really need to be yeah missing <laughs> some words here need to be really good winning tournaments or socially popular popular lots of followers in order to get a real sponsorship deal um this is you writing that next line the wording of the title yeah, kind of confused me. That was me. me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because it did. I read like diversity. I'm like, yeah. like what? What's he talking about? Like males, females, races. But yeah. I think what he's saying is the touring pro themselves is going to have to be more diverse. They're going to have to be more well-rounded. Right. You can't just be a good player anymore. You're going to have to be a good player with lots of followers or be winning at the Macbeth type level yeah. in order to get these big contracts. I think that's basically what he's saying. But I also agree with the whole, um, you know, if if you're not great, you know, you're going to get dropped, which is like kind of what we've been seeing with yeah. some recently, with, right? With trilogy. Right. And not, not that they've been dropping not great players. No, but, but they're making room for the better players, right? Yeah. You have to allocate your money better, um, you know, especially when you have someone like Paul go to Discraft and literally pull 90% of the market, like to Discraft. Yeah. And let's just say like they're hurting, which they said they weren't, but let's just say they were. They don't have enough money to pay, you know, the big guys, mm-hmm. the mid guys, the small guys, the ones that have good social media like no it's, someone it's, has to go yeah yeah to me the the one that's surprising that hasn't done this yet is innova for sure innova has a 300 some person team when yeah. you add it all together um so if i was like germ barsby sexton i would be like lobbying to jonathan pool like hey we, something needs to go where like i can be paid what i deserve to be yeah. paid um, or I'll go somewhere that will because right. we, we see companies that will now. Yeah. I think dynamic to me, this looks like dynamic and trilogy aren't hurting, but they're making themselves ready for when a Paul type move can happen. Um, Brody Smith. 
maybe. I don't know. If, right. No, I'm saying like yeah. it, they're. I feel like they're looking for somebody big. That's what I'm saying. I feel like they're because we've seen Jordan Castro, Peter McBride, uh, Dustin Keegan's now gone. Grady Shue. Uh, I mean, Paige left them because yeah. of this. I think that was their big hello moment, wake yeah. up moment. Um, to where now they're like, okay, we need to lock down on big time players. Yep. They're the ones that are gonna bring us in and make them feel like we fully believe in them because yeah. right now i don't think that's the case and i don't think that's the case for a lot of companies yep. so i feel like that's kind of the state they're in is mm-hmm. let's just play the waiting game for the next the next paul to come up uh where we can jump in and offer that player a big time contract and have them come in i agree so yeah next point uh yeah so another thing that UC said is that we will see a major acquisition in our sport. He predicts that it'll either be an existing brand coming into the sport or buying an existing manufacturer or brand. He thinks it won't be Nike or Adidas, but instead a more mid-sized brand. Okay. Um, I don't know about you, but I personally disagree here. Okay. Uh, from the aspect that I think Nike, Adidas, or Under Armour, which to me are like the big three. I could be way off there. Under Armour might be a mid-size in his mind. But to me, one of those three is coming into our sport in the next 10 years. Personally, I think so. I think he's accurate in the next five years to where a mid-level... To me, mid-level is like... I could see like Dick Sporting Goods or like okay. something like that. Be like, hey, we're going to up our disc golf carrying. And in doing that, we're going to bring in a player or two to be on our, our team. I don't know if that's a part of like the Dick Sporting Goods model. I've never seen them with LeBron James promoting their stuff. Right. But I don't know how that all works. But I could see someone on that level uh, where they're a big company... And then doing like a proof of concept, like, wow, you know, there is some money to be made in disc golf. And then Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, one of them jumping in in the second five years. So between 25 and 2030. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know, because it's so, I mean, you you can look back in the day where, you know, when Climate was playing, there was like, I think the tournaments were sponsored by like Pizza Hut and like uh, I feel like that was large stuff, companies. Though. But still, I mean, they still did it, right? So... Like, I think I it could, can happen. I could go to the Domino's on 221. Oh, is that, that like, what you're saying? Hey, Domino's, you want to be the title sponsor of the Battle, okay. battle for Battle? You know I, I get mean? what you're saying. Like, so it wasn't like Pizza Hut. It was Pizza Hut. I don't know if that's for sure, but okay. that's how I always interpreted it. Is it like, which there was like Pepsi. Pepsi did like the world flying disc okay, thing. Yeah. Uh, that had to be a Pepsi like corporate because it's a world championship. Yeah. I would highly doubt that they went to the Pepsi down the road. Yeah. I don't even know where you'd go to a Pepsi down the road. Bottling. Um, yeah. Um, yeah i don't know so i don't know i feel like i I don't have an answer there because it can go either way so easily yeah you know i don't think that what he said something like they're gonna buy a manufacturer out is that what he said yeah i don't think that they'll do that right because that's so much harder so much more work than just um you know taking partnering with innova you know stamping some discs and then uh why partner why partner instead of buyout well, it's so much more work. I mean, just think but about... is it? Because to me, I'm looking... So, like, let me think from Nike. You're, yeah. You're wearing a Nike shirt. When I went to Nike. If I'm Nike and I'm like, okay, Discraft's killing it right now. Mm-hmm. Why not buy out Discraft and say, like, in the buyout contract, we're leaving Bob Julio and Mike Wagner. Y'all are forced to stay here for the next 10 years to oversee the company and train whoever your replacement is if you want to step out with this buyout. And just let Discraft run as Discraft, but now it's Nike. I mean... Because what Nike just I guess. throws some money in, now all that profitability is coming to them instead of it passing through to whoever's Discraft yeah. owner is, you just pay them an annual salary. I, mean, I think it's just I think it's just a little harder than that. Well, yeah, but I mean, it 
it's not like they have to come in and learn all of disc golf. Like if you buy out a company, you can keep all the employees and be yeah. like, you know what you're doing. Keep doing right. it. Yeah. Cause I, if you listen, I listen to podcasts a lot on Spotify, but, uh, a company called Gimlet, which is a podcasting company. Well, yeah, they're, they're the ones that do the, pro- the, the pitch. not the profit, the pitch that they listen They to. got bought out by Spotify, and it was the same type of deal. Spotify bought them out, yeah. kept the owners on as employees, said, you keep running, doing exactly what you're doing. We're going to pay you a guaranteed salary, which, you know, in a startup, that's yeah. appealing because mm-hmm. you're guaranteed this much money. Yeah. And then Spotify's like, whatever profit is now ours. We aren't touching anything else. Yeah. And so they recorded all of this, and it's a very interesting listen if you're into business. Where did they... I was say where they it's on the startup. At. Oh, okay. The, the, the other startup podca- yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's literally the whole story of Gimlet all the way through from oh. the time they started all the way to when they were bought you out. Know, by they, they add, they, they do ads about the startup on the pitch. And I was, I never listened to the ads. Yeah. I skipped through them, but anyway, that's the, fine. Yeah. The startup, it's a sick, but that's where that idea came to me right. from was like, they let them run it. I could see a big company doing something like that where, and then, you know, your foot's in the door. So now Nike's like, okay, well now let's sponsor the Memorial and the Great Lakes Open because yeah. those are Discraft tournaments. Now they're Nike tournaments. Yeah. And let's throw 100000 at each as added cash because that's nothing. We're a multi-billion dollar company. Right. But then technically, let's just like, and then technically isn't that um, just the money going in a wheel again? Because then it's yes just... Yes and no, because Nike has outside money. Yeah, but let's just say... Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. Because, I mean, if Nike has a pool of, I mean, they're a billion, I don't know how big they, they are. Big. <laughs> Massive. So yeah. they can be like, okay, well, let's take a million of our basketball money and put it into disc golf. Yeah. So that's now outside money, even though it's still, if they bought out Discraft in this loop, yes, it's still Nike money at the top. But now instead of it being from your discs you just purchased, it's from someone buying LeBron James's shoes, which is a much higher volume. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's all a lot of speculation. I could see where it could happen. I don't know if it would or will, or if that's, whoa, sorry, if that's a good thing for it to happen. But um, I, I just don't see where it wouldn't. Yeah. Even if it's just on the apparel side, like we're going to make our golf clothes, we're just going to start marketing it towards disc golfers. Right. Something as small as that could be a, a big step in the disc golf community because people are wearing Adidas and Nike go- golf clothes. Just why not, why not market it towards us and put a little money towards it? Jeff Korn said, I'd rather see a company come in like that and take over the NT or Disc Golf Pro Tour and have something like the FedEx Tour in golf. To me, the, the issue with that is where is the money? Like the FedEx Golf Tour, it's so big uh, with it being like streamed and millions of people watching and like there's a lot of return on that investment. If Nike comes in and puts a million dollars or whatever, it's going to probably take more than that to the pro tour to like sponsor it as the Nike tour. Yeah. Where's their return? Uh, I mean, obviously yes, like buying polos and stuff like that, but there's not a lot of like public eye. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so that's what I've thought about that before. And I just don't know if disc golf's there yet within the next 10 years we could be, but that's just a tough one because you're, you're putting so much money in and it's going to be really hard to get that money back. Yeah. Uh, well, it's an investment. I mean, no, it definitely is. Right? I just feel like it's, a big like to me i don't even understand how the fedex tour possibly makes fedex that much money oh i mean i don't know anything about that stuff I, but i mean like yeah i don't know I don't, especially fedex like who's gonna be like <laughs> is it just like i'm gonna pick fedex over ups now like i don't know you go with whoever has the lowest rates when yeah. you're in that business I, I don't know some marketing stuff i'm like how does that make sense but it's probably yeah. just some old guy up top saying i like golf let's sponsor a tour um <laughs> next uh 
Macbeth will win another four world titles. This is the one I, I assumed we would park on for a bit. Uh, we parked on some other. Let's ones say we longer. parked on it for a while. We've only got technically nine minutes. The, left. the next two ones though are are real short. Okay. Um, there's not really much to say. So this is the last big one here. Okay. Another right, four world titles. So UC predicts that Paul Paul's domination will continue over the next five years, and then younger talent will take over. He also predicts that more players will begin taking the sport seriously. Finally. And he didn't say finally, I did. Yeah. And have the work ethic of a true athlete. He did say that, which was kind of a savage call out. Well, it's um, true. We've talked about that before. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and like, not, okay, another, like, talk about Brody for a second. He, when I was listening to him talk the other day about how dedicated he is and how he's out there for five hours a day putting, like, he if is, I- he is literally doing what we say that pros should do that they don't do. And like, he, he's two weeks into it. If like, I was come a... On. I don't want to call anyone out, but if I was like a 10 to 15th best player in the world and I hear him talking like that and I know how good he is, I would be shaking my boots a little bit. A little bit. Because I'd be like, oh, frick, now I actually have to practice. Or yeah. either that or like, okay, I dropped from 15th to 16th in the world. I feel like that's well, probably that's, I feel like that's how they, that's why we talk about it is because that's how they think. Yeah. Uh, he also makes a great point on the lack of swing coaches, personal trainer, nutritionists, mental coaches, and disc golf compared to normal golf. Swing coaches was a big one that I never thought of. That is true. I never thought about that. That, wow. Yeah, because like... But the people that are the coaches are like themselves, right? Because they're the ones that... The players are the ones giving the clinics and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, if you look at... But like who... Paul basically has no one to tell him when his form's off. Right. And no one to fix small adjustments in his form other than himself. Right. Which he's the most qualified to do it. Yeah. But I mean, Tiger Woods would, you would think, be the most qualified to fix his own form, but yeah. he has a swing coach. Right. And his swing coach changed his whole form to like fix his back because that's what they study. That's what they're good at. Yeah. There's no one in disc golf really like that. Um, to be honest with you, a great person for this, if he was interested in starting his own business, is Danny Lindell. Oh, yeah. Lindahl. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. His name. But he really understands form, breaks it down. He might be a good person that i could see stepping into a role like, like a this consultant of yeah you you know if you're if you have a weird hitch in your putt no no names being mentioned uh <laughs> i can come help you fix it type right. of a thing where you know if you're just really stuck and frustrated you can't figure out what's wrong you call a swing coach yeah come in um i think the it's funny that we talked about this because i just saw this past few days um it, it was between conor mcgregor and lebron james Connor called out fighting? No, Connor <laughs> Connor called out LeBron because LeBron said he spends a million and a half a year on his body. Yeah, isn't that uh, insane? Like chi- chiro chiropractic? No, no, chirogenic. Yeah, cry- cryo- chirogenic. The cold thing. The cold thing. Um, like just that was just an example yeah. to keep his body up to shape. And then McGregor was like, you know, I'd rather spend a million dollar million and a half on a watch and a car because whatever. Look at my body. I'm I, we look the same, and I don't spend a million and a half. Yeah, but it's just funny that you know he he's saying you've got to spend money to like, well, the thing about LeBron is, and you don't know basketball that well, but like you can still probably tell me this name. The last time an ESPN article popped up on your phone saying LeBron James hurt. I mean, no, I I don't know. He never like he, he's had very minor stuff with his ankles and stuff, but it's to the point that there's times where LeBron's ankle can roll to where the ball of his ankle touches the floor and he still plays. He just pops back up and keeps going. Um, he also, doesn't really believe in taking rests. A lot of the league freaking sits and I've been to a game before to see a player play and they're on the sideline. I'm like, are you kidding me? I just bought a ticket to watch you play and you're on the sideline. And LeBron's like, like, I know that, you know, I'd rather have to retire a year too early and let these new players watch me. But I say all that to say it's paying off. Like he's 30. Sorry. How old is he? 38. And he's still dominating the league. Like it's pretty obvious. The money he's investing is making him a lot more 
money out of it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, let's just get to the meat of this one. Will Macbeth win everyone's, four world everyone's, titles? Everyone's calling you out saying he got hurt last year. I don't know because I don't watch I don't basketball. Know, I don't actually don't know that much. I don't watch the NBA. Uh, <laughs> Jeff said he was out for 20 games. Oh, okay. But he played 62. I don't know. Basketball ain't my thing. Talk to me about baseball. I mean, if you look at Zion Williamson comes in. Why are we talking about this? Okay. Zion Williamson comes in and is hurt in the first like three games. This hurt me personally because I love Zion. Uh, it's just like I, I, I would be shocked if LeBron had like a huge like torn ACL changed forever surgery type of an injury because of how much money he puts into his body. That's more what I was saying. Okay. Uh, I don't watch basketball enough to know about that injury. So. Thank you. Uh, Next. Thanks, Jeff. We need you in our ear once again. He said um, we should uh, we should Skype him in one time. You know how the at, at uh, how in Smashbox at I think at the end or the beginning or whatever they bring in Dana Dana Vici to do like I don't know just he just talks I don't even yeah. know what he talks about. We should have the Jeffs the, the Jeff, Jeff segment. I'm down. I'm so down. All right, next. Um, I keep hitting my mic. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, anyways, will Paul win four more world titles over the next ten years? For sure. Really? That yeah. confident? Yeah. So, to me, every year it gets harder and harder to win the worlds. Yeah. So you're, you're so that means it's not even fifty percent of the of the world. I mean, yeah, but we're talking. Paul's how old right now? Twenty nine. Sure. Twenty eight. So we're talking when he's thirty eight. Okay. So then maybe he'll win three. Ooh. I'm just saying. To me, it has to happen in the next five years, five to six years. So we're saying he's going to win four of the next five or four of the next six world titles and be a nine time world champion. I mean, I, I know better than to doubt that he can do it because we, he's proven every single person who's doubted him wrong so far. But I just I have a really hard time seeing his dominance over the past decade carry on for another decade. I don't even know what to say. I mean, like, I'm not. I, I wouldn't I don't, be surprised like, not, as like two to three. I wouldn't be surprised. But like four plus like that's wait okay so so you're you're not surprised at three but add one more and you're it's blown your head off it's not blowing my mind like i can see it happening it's just really hard to imagine it to me i don't know why another thing that paul sucks, hasn't finished outside the top two in the last nine worlds i know i'm just reading the comments. yeah I, I know that like I, I i know these facts i'm just saying the next nine are going to be a lot harder than those nine because every year it gets harder and harder and harder you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, this person said, Bob Hicks said it's the same uh, players in the top 10 over the last few years. You don't see it changing that much. Yeah, but I mean, to me, Kevin Jones is coming in. Emerson Keith is storming. Uh, new players coming into the sport. You know, Zach Arling gets over the next 10 years, going to be 26. He's already 1,000-something rated at 16. This kid's going to be up there. Uh, there's players that we probably don't even know the name of right now that are, you know, 15, 14 year old, years old that... As soon as they get out of high school, is going on tour. Adam Ham is blo- like blowing onto the siege. Wow, scene. What did you say? Blowing onto the siege is what I said. I don't know why that came out of my mouth. I don't even know what that is. Uh, Anthony Barella is in college right now. Once he gets out of college, if he conti- continues to tour, there's a lot of like. Jeff said he's won five of the last eight years. I mean, like, oh, I feel like all this is just saying that it can happen, right? Because no, yeah, it can. Like, but he did all of this the last ten years. He was eighteen to twenty-eight. Now we're talking about so you 28 to 38. It, you think it's just because his age? Like I think he's it's just age get too and the change of the game. If you look at players way back when, it was Paul and Ricky have just been dominating, and now that there's like Eagle coming in and Simon coming in, and there's players that are cutting that gap more and more and more. Paul is still absolutely dominant. I think he wins one to two over the next three to four years for sure. But after that, I think it's going to get harder and harder and harder to keep breaking that threshold as it goes on. So out of the 10 years, you say how many? 
Give, give me a number. Don't say two, three, one to two. Give me a number. So, okay. Because like I can see four happening. It's just like right. Well, what do you think is realistically realistically going to happen? I'm gonna go with two. I know you were about to say three, and then you were. Gonna, I was going to, but like three yeah, is so close to four. Well, right. That's exactly. So your answer is really three. Yeah. And then I'm just gonna say, well, then what's four? Like, why just not one more? It's just harder and harder because you also have to look at locations. We have Utah well, this right, year. Which he, we, we know have he doesn't Emporia like Utah. next year. I don't know if yes, Emporia is where he lost to Ricky in 2016. Okay. Which that did he did have a bad back, but Emporia, there's so much like it's a lot of open courses with a lot of wind that it's really hard for a player to consistently win there. Is what I'm saying, but. Sorry, this comment was just funny. Uh, Paul drinks those healthy smoothies, though. That, that's got to get him at least another two titles. <laughs> that's a, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. I, know. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it wouldn't shock me, but at the same time, it's like, I, I don't know. It's just like, it's a... <laughs> Jeff said he could see eight world titles in the next 10 years. Real, realistically, he's going to say five. Okay, so let's go with eight. Oh, Paul becomes ridiculous. a 13-time world champion. Well, Ken Climo did it. 12-time Climo did Okay, well, he did but, 12. What's one less? I mean, Climo, though, did it in a much easier era. It was... Well, he still did it. Yeah, no, he did it. There's, But I would say Paul's already a better player of all time now at five than Climo is at 12. We've talked about that before. That's a conversation, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I, I think uh, this yeah. year kind of cemented Paul's the greatest player of all time. Um, anything beyond this is just going to make the next player a lot harder to reach him. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. When I read four, maybe it's just like thinking of it. I mean, yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. But, I mean, Paul is crazy. Like, he's... I don't know. Hopefully, he listens to this and it fires him up and he tells me I'm an idiot next time he sees me and then... Well, I don't think he's watching. I know. He, he I just know. tagged us the, in a... Uh, he just tagged us in a picture like two minutes ago. What's the question... So. If you ask Paul this question, what's his answer over the next 10 years? How many world championships does he win? Five plus. I just know how my confident mind, of a my guy mind he is. My it's the same as Jeff. Uh, like, literally call him right now. I'm sure. Yeah. He's, uh, he's the most confident dude I know. Like, if I, I bet you right now, if I looked at him and I said, will you win 12 world titles before your career is over? Oh, he'll and he say, said, of course. Yeah. Only 12? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Because he's like, why are we only talking about the next, next decade? I'll only be 38 yeah. at the end of the decade. Right. He'll be exactly. like, I'll, I'm playing until I'm 58. Yeah. Like, that's the type of mindset he's in, which is why I would never doubt it. Uh, but this is four world titles over the next 10 years. I think Paul will probably win four over the rest of his career, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him at like 45 or something, just randomly pop out a world title. Like, Could you imagine? I mean, just like <laughs> like where he hasn't won a world title in like eight years, and it's suddenly like somewhere he feels comfortable, and he's like, boom, world title at 40. I, I would love, years I, old. I know that like, we would put him so on the spot, but I would love to call him up right now, throw him on speaker for 30 seconds and just ask him. Can, we, can I try? If you want. Maybe like a maybe we'll mute your mic until he knows he's on. I don't know. Keep talking. Okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna go on to the next. I'm gonna go on to the next topic because uh, this I don't really think there's much to talk about in these last two points here. But um, I don't have service down here. That sucks. Keep talking. I'm see if it's um, So the next point that UC made was disc golf will continue to grow hey, with the annual pace of 15. percent Zach is <laughs> Zach is gone. Uh, Disc golf will continue to grow with the annual pace of 15%. He, uh, the biggest predictions of this section were simply that uh, he thinks disc golf will establish itself in 10 to 15 countries, get bigger in Asia. And the, the biggest talking point here is Call failed. the world championships will be played outside of North America for the first time ever. Um, Keep talking. So world in another country, uh, the talk, talking point I had written down that I guess I'm just going to go through for right now is, is it a good or bad, get good or bad decision? Gosh, I can't talk. Um, to me right now, it's a bad move. 
But I think over the next, I think at some point during this decade is going to be a good move. Uh, the reason I think it's a bad mood, bad move currently. Hey, can you hear me? Is the, um, <laughs> the, the fact, the reason I think it's a bad move currently is the fact that I think it'll be hard for players. Just text it to them. I, I am. Uh, I think it'll be hard for players to travel to a world championship. So I think if world was in Europe right now, uh, <laughs> I think if Worlds was in Europe right now, uh, you'd only see like the top 10 players from the U.S. there. And right now, the top probably 15, 20 players in the world without a few sprinkled in are in the USA. And so I think that's why there should Worlds should be here right now. Um, but I think in the future... Oh, he said he's watching. He said, sure, I'm watching. <laughs> All right, I really want to get him on now. Uh, you can try on my phone. I am trying on your phone. I have better service down here. Well, uh, well, I mean, I can even ask Paul if Worlds in another country is a good or bad move. But you never know what's going to happen when we uh, go off the script. <laughs> <laughs> this Welcome is to Grip so Lock. off script. Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, Zach. Okay, yeah, it's Zach. All right, you're on speaker now, so everyone can hear you. Okay. Okay, so how many world titles will you win in the next 10 years? My goal is more than I won in the last 10 years. <laughs> so more than five. Yeah. Okay. That's and the goal. there you go. So that's exactly what we... Yeah. We were talking about an um, article that UC wrote that he said you'll win four titles in the next 10 years. I said you definitely win the four. And then Hunter said two or three. Two to three is what I guessed. He said at least four, right? Um, uh, might, yeah, I think the wording was at least four. He might have four. said at least four, yeah. Yeah, so I guess he's not wrong. <laughs> okay, well, you have it. thank you for answering. I appreciate it. Um, I'm sure you know we'll get you on a podcast very soon. All right, um, have fun tomorrow with all your new releases because I'll be in Michigan. Oh, oh yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> all right, <laughs> see you later. All right, bye. All right, well, there you have it, folks. There you have it. He says more than he won in this decade. So Paul is predicting a more dominant decade than this. And that, that, that's like his one. true answer. If you guys think that it's just for like the phone call, like that's his true answer. And the thing is like, so I always like, I used to like look at stuff, right? And there's a line between like cockiness and confidence, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, to me, cockiness is only when you can't back up your confidence. Right. If that came from me, that's cockiness. But coming from a player that has proven over consistently 10 years that he is as dominant as this is, that's just pure confidence, and that is the reason he's in where he is. Right. Uh, I don't look at that as cockiness at all, because to me, if, if you're Paul, you're looking at it like, well, like I bet if I said to his face, you know, I think only win two or three, he'll say, who's going to beat me? Yeah. Like, that's the legitimate answer, yeah, and that's a seriously. legitimate question to my answer is, who's taking the other eight, basically? Um, so, yeah, you know, there, there you have that answer. Uh, I love doing that. That was so funny. It was so off, off script. Yeah. I could tell you were nervous. Um, I was I, more nervous. I don't know why I was nervous. <laughs> I'm always nervous. I also didn't know what he was about to say. He's going. I didn't know he was going to Michigan. He's going to Michigan, yeah, yeah. for a, a few days. I, I don't know well, what obviously. exactly he's... I know he's going to Discraft. I don't yeah. know what exactly they're I'm sure working on there, but stuff and every time he goes to Discraft, something big happens. So This is actually true. Yeah. That's very true. So whatever he's going for, I'm sure we'll, we'll find out uh, when you do. Um, anyway, so Maybe a little earlier, answer a uh, question to you. Worlds in another country and within the next decade, good or bad move? Oof. It's, the next it's never been decade? out. Yeah, over the next 10 years, you can answer. I, I gave my answer of 
Next three to five, I think it's a bad move. After that, I think it's a good move. I agree. I mean, like, a, a, I mean, ten years is a long time, right? Real long time. I mean, we're talking. We'll be thirty something. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> like that, just to think about that, right? Yeah. But Oops, I think that wasn't my leg. That it was, was the table. No, yeah, I was no. saying sorry because I shook the mic. Um, I think in the next ten years, maybe it'll even be in outside the U.S. like twice or three times. Like, I don't see that being. Yeah, I mean, if, if we look at the European, Twice, maybe. European Open right now, that's huge. Spectator wise, have it like yeah, have it there, and then they'll they'll have more spectators than we ever yeah. had. The only reason I think it's a bad idea currently is the player travel over to Europe. I think that you wouldn't get the attendance of a USA tournament currently, but I think if you move that out five to six years, then that number would go up and up. Right. Um, so I think currently it doesn't make sense uh, to have it outside, but I, I think within the next decade, that's definitely reasonable. Especially as disc golf in Finland and stuff grows, there'll probably be more players in Europe and stuff than there is in the USA. Yeah. There might already be. I don't know those stats. I don't know. I would be surprised if there was, but there might be. Um, yeah, and the, the last point isn't really a point. He was just saying he predicting more tournaments <laughs> oh canceled gosh. due to extreme weather, uh, basically because of climate change and global warming, is what UC said. Mm, so I you. figured that's not really a good talking point. Uh, to end on there the first podcast of 2020 in the books yeah so we always end it with a little bit of foundation news um all we have this week is the mcbeast five-time pre-orders will ship friday uh they're supposed to come in tomorrow so if they come in while we're there we will unbox them live on instagram so you can see them with us we always enjoy doing that hopefully you enjoy it as well um yeah, no, we no announced things. our team last week on Instagram. We did. People were waiting for a long time. We had a lot of things to work out. You know, a bunch more people applied that, you know, than last year. You know, people know, know who we are now, right? Yeah. Um, so go check out all of those people. Give them a follow. Um, and I think, did we announce the full team or is there still one or two players that? I, uh, two? No, no, definitely not two. Who's, who's the other? Nick Carl, we did announce. We did. Yeah. yeah. And then the Sarah? No, who, who, we announced her. I, I mean, I was just going to say, Jeff Corns is a part of our team. Oh. I don't, I don't know if we announced him or not. That's, thought, that was the one I didn't know. I thought it was going the other way. Mix. Got uh, it. Yeah, so that was the one I don't think we announced. Congratulations, Jeff Corns. But uh, uh, we wanted to make a separate post for him, I believe. Yeah. Um, so that will... Oh, uh, we literally didn't talk about the move of the century. Jeff Corns to Discraft. Oh, Yeah. What the heck? That was not on my off-season news because no. that wasn't... I don't even know if UltiWorld wrote an article about it. Which is ridiculous because they? now now uh, Discraft has the, the biggest um, like touring... On-road store. Yeah. So uh, that's which crazy. Which huge. Also, you know, we saw Jeff help Discmania's media. Yeah, uh, which I don't know. Ton. I don't know Jeff's exact role. Jeff, you want to tell us your exact role? I would imagine it, it would be uh, similar from what I would imagine. Um uh, well, Jeff boom, there's boom, the announcement. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a great move by Discraft. Um, having a player like that where they can push your plastic on the road, host clinics, run some tournaments here and there if you want, yep. have a place where players can come and chill out, you know, as a like team players, um, and then have someone on the road that like when your marketing manager or whoever can't be there, you have someone else to run the account. Right. Uh, all around, it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, it I really don't know does. the exact details of his contract, but I remember being there when like that conversation sparked. Yeah, like I literally, I, I remember it. Yeah, to a T. Yeah, tour I, manager. 
tour manager. Yeah. So awesome. It's it's great. Congrats to Jeff. Yeah. Uh, huge congrats to Discraft as well. That's a, a yeah. great it's move a on up. both ends. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely going to be a fun season. There's a lot more that happened this offseason, and I'm sure will continue to happen than we expected. I remember back in the fall talking about this offseason, how boring it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, we That's were not boring. so wrong um, on so many levels. Yeah. Um, is there any other uh, questions, Zach, that stuck out to you while uh, we were talking that we want to close out the podcast with? Uh, People actually were talking today, which is amazing. Yeah, it's always great. Uh, 122 of you. We were worried about the... Uh, the views, the views with taking a month off, but and we were at like one forty or something. Yeah, before, but I mean, uh, which is good. Thank you always, everybody for yeah, joining us. Glad to glad to have you all here. Why and you, you can also find this on. I better double check myself since before I make another mistake. There you go. It's you can there. also find this on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, if you miss some of it or want to re-listen to any of it for some reason, re-listen to us babble about stuff and fumble over our words. Um, you can do so. Uh, but yeah, I'm not seeing any other questions. I remember one, one question that I wanted to kind of end on that. I remember you bringing up and we didn't really talk about much was Drew Gibson's move. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we brought it up. I don't know what kind of quickly. My, my question was, is it cause someone asked, yeah. is, is he making like a splash? It like, is his change changing anything? And I feel like my answer is going to be just no. So to me, it's not to me. It's the only thing I could see it changing is the mid level players maybe yes um, okay i think it provides sure. an option for for them if you're not able to do uh you know the the paul and page type thing with a big company where you can have your own line of discs and stuff like that you might be able to do it with a infinite discs yeah. type company where they're already making discs or maybe like a a Yikun or i don't know another one but but something that's making a smaller amount of discs you have a big following you can go to them and say, hey, you know, I want to be able to throw a mixed bag, but I want to have a mold with you. Yeah. Um, and that's just another option. But I don't I don't see it being a huge, like, massive change to the sport. At um, first, I thought it was pretty big. But the fact that, like, it is already pushed down to the bottom of, like, the news of this year is it's like it was overshadowed okay. by pages. I think. Oh, it, for sure. Yeah, I think but the fact that it hasn't risen up even a little bit again is like, OK, no I one mean, no one really is like. Bat and I. That's true. Yeah, I, I think the the opening of Gibson. No, I'm Street's, keeping this because I'm growing. I want to grow this out. <laughs> See, I'm growing it out. So the, uh, no, the opening of Gibson Industries is I think something that more players need to do, which is just have a personal brand and a personal website, um, and work with whatever manufacturer you have to have custom stamp discs. Um, and as we've seen with Supreme Flight and a little bit with us, um, you know, sometimes players can go to a third party have a custom stamp with them and get a little kickback to where they don't have to front the money. Right. Stuff like that, I think, is great decisions because it allows you to have almost passive income while you're on the road, which any money you can get that you're not having to go win a tournament for is good money on the road. Right. Um, and so I think something like that is genius as long as you have someone to fill your orders when you're on the road. I think that's going to be a tough thing um, is like who's filling Gibson Industry orders while Drew's touring. Obviously, he has the answer to that, but that's something that people would have to think about. So um we had someone okay so there is questions um i asked questions what (laughs) i said now there's questions yeah well i he asked before but i didn't see it i asked if you guys knew how many virginia tournaments will play in 2020 i know at least one no paul paul will play in at least one two i believe so two two days in may and then immediately following it the battle for bedford the next weekend oh yeah we actually had somebody i don't know if you saw his email i responded to the email oh okay i thought it was me 
I guess it was you. It I was hope we both you. did it. No, I didn't. <laughs> we had someone ask us uh, from like Massachusetts about our tournament saying he's yeah. going to come, which is awesome because yeah. our first year running a B tier last year, it filled. It Hopefully it fills this quick year. This year, we're doing it a two day. We upped it to a two day B tier still. B tier still. I didn't even know we but, yeah, put it in two day. 30th to 31st of May. My dude, I didn't even know um, that. Look how great this is. You guys are in our business meeting right now. <laughs> I feel like we talk about that all yeah, the time. Yeah, we upped it to a, a two day and... Um, I mean, my initial thoughts were two rounds on Saturday, tea time round on Sunday, yeah. so that the AMs can play in the morning and have enough time to watch Paul's round, basically, is what my thinking was. Or, you know, last year we had Zach Melton there, and we had Austin Turner drive up. Yep. Hopefully we can pull some of those players, especially mm-hmm. with two days in May being two hours away towards the coast mm-hmm. um, the weekend before, you know, and at the same time, the tours on the West Coast, I feel like it's a great location and time for players to be able to play an A tier, drive to a slightly smaller B tier as the tour kind of comes back towards the East Coast. I feel like we're right in that sweet spot. Um, and hopefully we can get some more bigger names. Uh, if any bigger name pro that's interested is watching, reach out to me. Uh, We've got we should have stay. places for you to stay um, and stuff like that. Um, if you're a, a normal player, sorry, I don't know you well enough um, to invite you to my house, but uh, bigger name players, stuff like that, uh, we were going to try to get as many to our tournament as possible just to up the value of the tournament so definitely and we had a question here which i feel like you can we both can answer very quickly without discrediting paul anything can happen on the day of worlds there are so many hot people in the field why do you feel paul is better than the rest my answer is simply paul is better than the rest my answer is consistency that yeah, yeah i think i think the worlds that paul is going to struggle at is the wide open worlds the worlds of wide open courses mm-hmm. utah you know, this one coming up well, might be tough with the golf course in it. Yeah, but that other... There uh, yeah, there's another course, which is supposed to be, like, one of the hardest courses they're ever yeah. going to play. It, but. but if you put Paul in the world, in the woods, sorry, if you put Paul in the woods, no well, one's beating him. Eureka is wide open, is it not? But Northwoods was a beast. Well, right. Well, I'm saying that's that's Utah, one open, one closed. Yeah. So why... Well, it, we just know he doesn't like Utah. I'm just saying, but. if you go to... If it was just, a, like, any world that has, like, a wide open course... I would say Paul has a lesser chance at winning. Yeah. He still is going to be picked across against the field, Yeah, but lesser. Um, Cause I think he's the most consistent and that consistency is only seen in the woods. You can make yeah. a mistake in the wide open and not really cost you other than OB. So, yeah. all right. Thank you everybody for joining us. Our first podcast of 2020. We'll be back here again next week at eight 30. Also yeah. do not forget about, um, Patreon. Patreon. Um, we will be live right after this. Not yeah, like we'll, five. We'll go 10 o'clock-ish range. We'll be ish. live. Uh, give us 10 minutes to get some more coffee or water because I've been out. For I want like an espresso shot. Okay, just a shot? Yeah. Um, we'll be... Yeah. So if you're not already a Patreon, head on over to our Patreon link, which should be in the bio. Yes. Cool. And... Um, you know, we, we do some fun stuff on there. We're going to try and start getting a lot more content out for them. Um, but we've been saying that for a while. Yeah. Life has just been busy. I got a dog. <laughs> there's a just uh, great biggest move of 2020. There's some things that should hopefully allow life to slow down here shortly, um, which will allow us to create more content, both for you and for our Patreon viewers that we appreciate so much. Um, but yeah, we'll be over there in about 10 minutes for the post podcast Q and a thanks so much for joining. We will see you next week. Peace.